Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. My word for you this morning is, here I am, send me. God's already doing it. I just feel like I get to partner with him. It is such a joy and an honor to lead the ministry here, uh, the church here at Revival Fires, along with the team here. And it is such an honor to see what God is doing in your lives and through you. And I give all the glory every single morning. (laughs) When I bow before him with my cup of coffee, when I kneel, (laughs) I've not got an altar at home. We've got somewhere I just put my Bible down and I kneel before him and I worship him and I adore him. And I give him thanks for what he's doing in your lives every day. And I'm thankful right now. I can see there's freedom in this place. So let me get to it. What happened in worship? We talked about a corridor of heaven. And he came. He's welcome. There's a stillness right now. There's a a precious presence of the Holy Spirit. And so... There'll be a time at the end, and I'm setting you up now. (laughs) There'll be a time for you to respond. And I'm setting this up at the beginning. I know Dad, Trevor, uh, Trevor, last week was talking about sections in the church, and me and the team and uh, some of our intercessors have been praying over this. And so I just put this word of response to you. You are free to respond. It's one of our values as a church. We value response. Do you know when uh, we call people? uh, I call people, but I think I had to do my screamy voice. You couldn't hear me. Lumi called people uh, to come and dance. Friends, there is freedom here. You've been set free for what? Freedom. (laughs) I love it. You're all at this. Yeah, we're together. So um, I want to tell you about your yes brings the increase. I've got three parts to this word and I believe that there are significant shifts happening now, have happened and will happen. Uh, I felt like when I was asking the Lord what this word would accomplish, that it would be like arrows, not painful arrows, but arrows that would go right into your lap that you could take home and then you could do the work. So you could see the springboard of what God is about to do. So My story is that I said yes to Jesus. Is your story the same? Have you already said yes to Jesus? Yes. And for those of you not yet said, we'll ask you at the end so you can encounter him in a fresh way. So I'm going to start with telling you about people in the Bible who said, here I am. Then we're going to look at the call of Isaiah because he said, here I am, send me. And I'm going to end up with where Jesus calls us. And he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Are you ready for the journey? Are you ready to say, here I am, send me? Those of you who are in waiting places, I believe that this is a word for you. For those of you who are saying, but Lord, it's so long, he's heard you. For those of you who said, but it feels like the door's closed, he's heard you. For those of you who've said, I said yes, and now it's scary the other side, he sees you and he hears you and he's with you. There's a place of encounter over the past few Sundays especially. There's been a call to ascend the hill of the Lord. Why do we say the hill? (laughs) Because it's a high point. 
And when there's a high watermark point on a riverbed, on the side, you know when you go and you see the floodlines and you see the high points, they're places to acknowledge, places of encounter with the Lord. And we've been having some of those. You've been telling us, you've been telling your life group leaders about these high points in the Lord. And I believe that there's a place of encounter today. In my notes, I wrote that there was a place of purity. And I put next to it a question mark. Not sure how the Lord's going to use this word, bring this word of purity. But he did it. Not that I'm unsure of his of purity. I am for sure of purity. I just didn't know how it was going to happen. I needn't have worried. The things you are asking the Lord for, you needn't worry. He will not delay. He knows every single step for you to walk, every single yes, every single obedience, and he knows. Don't you doubt that? So, we have a place today where we can come to lay down, to surrender our lives over and over again. Yes, we said our first yes to Jesus, but there is a There is so much that God can do with your yes. Here I am. That's the least self-centered, most sacrificial phrase you can say. Because when we say that to God, when we say, here I am, we are laying down our rights. Every single one of them. Our rights to be right. Our rights to be noticed. Our rights, well, every single thing. I did that. And I've seen many of you who've done the same. So what's on the other side of your yes? It's a yes without distraction. It's everyday yeses. It's an attentive yes. We sang the song already, didn't we? It's a yes that says, I'm ready to do your will. And it's an old song, but it's a a good song. I love how hymns and those old songs are coming back, don't you? And we sang, I want to be holy, set apart for my master, ready to do his will. And yes, Jesus is our friend. Yes, Jesus is our king. But And yes, Jesus is our master. And it's a joy to serve him. He came not to be served, but to serve. And we can serve him. You know, the power of a yes is so significant. It looks like you're raising your hands to him in worship. The posture of a yes where you make yourself willing, available, surrendered. When you answer the call to Jesus in the middle of your life, it might be busy sometimes, but there's an interruption that sounds like the Lord knocking on the door of your heart, whispering in your ear, waking you up at random times in the night. You, I, know you, I know he's speaking. I know he's speaking. In this same way, it looks like how Jesus laid down his life for the ransom of many. We can say that and we can also say how Jesus laid down his life for you and for me. Thank you, Jesus. And he chose that. He said, it's your will, not mine, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he submitted all of his will, all of his own desires to the Father. And we as Christians, we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ get to do the same every single day. Is God reminding of you, you of some of your previous yeses? I hope so. This is what I pray that this message does. Reminds you of your yes so that today you can say yes to Jesus for the first, for the hundredth, for the millionth. There's a lot of yeses we can say to him in our life, isn't there?
Just this week, um, a few people have WhatsApp me telling me, well, three already by the time I wrote this, I think I printed this on Thursday, but by the time I've come to Sunday, I think I've had about 12 people who said, the Lord is um, inviting me to lay my life down at the altar of surrender. God is moving. People are encountering Jesus and well, you're, I'm going to not even have like wide open language. You're encountering Jesus in your homes, in your cars, in your place of surrender. He's on the move. Revival is coming. Glory is here. Jesus, the presence of Jesus is here. And I don't even have to work this stuff up. It's the stuff we prayed for for years and years and years. He's here. He's moving. I have a little story. I have a lot of stories, but this first one I just want to begin with. It was from uh, one of my journals when I first wrote about the power of a yes, and that was in March 20. You know what was about to happen. It was March 17th, so I had no idea that day. Um, I was stood out in the coffee shop, and I was holding on to a flapjack. Remember when we used to sell flapjacks in packaging? If you want to ask for flapjacks again, I'm sure we can make that happen. I was Oh, Janet, make note of this. They want the flapjacks. And so I was holding on to this flapjack, and um, we were about to close up the coffee shop. And I held this flapjack, and I said, Lord, I don't know who to give this to. You need to know my prayers are very simple. I'm very obedient to the Lord, and I write down things I ask of him. So I, I was holding on to this flapjack, and I just said, Lord, I've got 20 flapjacks here. It's not a whole box. I can't return it. What do I do with this? How can this flapjack be of use? I told you I pray simple prayers. <laughs> Within hours, the Black Country Food Bank, who um, my friend Jen uh, is one of the CEOs of, the CEO, she called me and said, Anna, we need something. I said, what do you need? How can we help? She's like, what's happening with your side hall? I said, oh, well, funny you should say that. We're just closing. And she's like, well... We need to start a food distribution center in DY1. Can we partner with you? My flapjack? A whole center. 10 tons. Have I got the figures right? 10 tons of food was delivered onto people's doorsteps from one yes. What can your yes do? What can your yes say? What can your yes bring into action? What is at the other side of your yes? I just have to tell you, those 10 turns weren't, weren't just dropped individually. Uh, and then we ran. From safe distances, food parcels were dropped on people's doorways. And then, from safe distances, they, our team said, I think we had nearly 50 drivers in that period of time, they said, can we pray for you? people's lives, I was about to say homes, we didn't pray for homes, we prayed for people. People's lives were touched in that period of time. And I believe that nearly three, three years ago, what those yeses said when people said, yes, you can pray, that there was something begun in their life that we may not see the fruit for here, right today, but we will see the fruit because what is a seed? It will bear fruit. And so I just want to tell you that your yes, however small, flapjacks are small, 10 tons is huge. What's at the other side of your yes? Oh, there's been some more recent yeses. I know there's some of you in the, the uh, church here and you open up the coffee shop once a week to have groups. People come. 
My office is just above the coffee shop and I get to hear chatter. It is so glorious to hear the coffee shop with chatter in, with oh the smell of coffee. It's not just that. It's chatter. It's people being ministered to, people's lives being changed, people being heard, people going and sitting at tables. You know, as I began to write this message, I was actually in a coffee shop and I saw some of our church friends. They were also having a coffee and I said like a few words and they said, oh, it's okay. You don't have to sit with us. I would have. I'd have talked to you. You know, I'm a chatterbox. And so at that moment, I saw someone just caught the corner of my eye. They had a t-shirt on and it said, go to the one in front of you. I may tell you some other stories about different tables I've sat on this week, but it was all about the one in front of you. Heidi Baker said that. She's ministered here at this church many times. You've seen how she took the call to say yes to the one in front of her. There's always someone who goes ahead of us and shows us what can happen on the other side of a yes. May it be a simple flapjack yes. May there be things in your life that you begin to see, that was the Lord asking me, what am I going to say? You've always got two options. You've got a yes and you've got a no. At the end of it, you maybe won't become either of those, won't it? Let your yes be yes when you are ready to respond to the call of God on your life. There was another yes that we only just said yes to this week. Again, someone said, has your church got any space? Well, funny thing, space is what we've got. (laughs) And we're going to be um, having ESOL classes um, twice a week here in the Transformation Center, Wednesdays and Thursdays at 10 o'clock in the morning. If you want to know more about this, ask us. ESOL, English as a second language for our migrant friends and those who want to develop their English spoken and written language. So if you want to know more, email us, info, revival fires, you know how to find us. We would love to see you bring your friends so that you too can show them how to say yes to Jesus. So am I doing announcements or am I telling you what Jesus has done? I'm telling you what Jesus has done. I'm very comfortable in announcing space. So here I am. I was investigating. I was inquiring of who in the Bible had said the very small phrase, here I am. I've got so many people to tell you. I was telling Ryan my message this morning, and he was shouting out names. I was like, I've already included them. He was going, have you thought about that one? I've already included them. And so I bring this to you on Good Report as well. So the first, here I am, was Abraham. That was before he'd had his name changed, before he'd had the breath of the Lord. You can see that in um, Genesis 12, right before the sacrifice in Genesis 15. But what I really want to tell you is that this is a man who was willing to sacrifice his son. What is it you're willing to sacrifice? What is it like many in the church are doing currently? What is it you are willing to lay down at the foot of the cross so that you can say yes to Jesus? We had a word a few weeks ago about distraction. I know many of you have told me that you've come off Facebook, you've come off all the socials, I can't name them all, can I? You've come off things that had been distraction to you, or you've stopped being involved in things that were distracting, or were taking your attention. And I say, well done. The Lord sees you and your choice for purity. I say, well done. (laughs) Hear that from us. Hear that as a mark that what you are doing as you change your behavior, it is bringing freedom in your life. So we've seen that first 
um, here I am of Abram, and then in Genesis 22, we see some time later that God is testing Abraham. God said to him, this is an audible saying, an audible voice said, Abraham, here I am, he replied. So simple. There's many ways I'm going to tell you about how these people saw and responded to the call of God. Why so many, Anna? Well, because one way, one of these ways is going to be how you respond with your yes to the Lord. Here I am, Abraham replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac. Go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up. He loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son. When he cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. He was saying yes in his heart. He was saying yes with his mouth. He was saying yes with his actions. He was wholly, wholeheartedly devoted to the yes he had given to the Lord. That can teach us so much about our yes. Remember I said about those elastic bands that have pulled you, they're cut free today. Your yes is your yes. Here I am. Next we can look at Jacob in Genesis 46. He was having a night vision, a dream. So God can speak to you when you're sleeping. We know this. Jacob, Jacob, here I am, he replied. What is your reply like in the night season when the Lord's waking you? Do you roll over? Do you suddenly think, oh, it's so annoying. Now I can't get back to sleep. Or do you say, here I am, Lord. I'm available. (laughs) It takes something because as soon as he's told you what you need to to respond to, actually, you can fall back to sleep, can't you? (laughs) If you start to struggle, it takes a bit longer. Exodus, we see Moses. Moses is querying. He's like seeing a burning bush on fire. He's not choosing to call a fire brigade. We've not got Tracy here. He's not calling. He's not thinking, I better get a jug. Or as my children said this week, isn't it weird that people say fight fire with fire? You should probably fight it with water or a blanket. I was like, yes, yes, I can't understand that. Anyway, there we go. So Exodus 3.5, Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight Why does the bush not burn up? When the Lord saw that he'd gone over to have a look, God called to him from within the burning bush. Twice named again, Moses, Moses. Moses said, here I am. You're seeing a pattern. Don't come any closer, the Lord said. Take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground. We've encountered some of that holiness. When the Lord's calling your name, maybe it's through the sound of my voice, maybe it's through the worship song, you've responded to the call, or maybe you'll respond at the end, here I am. Then we see in Joshua, he's been kept alive for 45 years, Israel's moving about in the wilderness, and then we see in Joshua 14, 11, so here I am today. 85 years old. I'm still as strong as the day when Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle as I was then. 
That's what we want to see with our older generations. 85 and still going to battle? Yes, Lord. Here I am. Don't you be hearing that this message is for the youngies. This is for every generation. When we pray as a leadership team, we pray for every age and every stage. We love the intergenerations coming together. Every generation for the praise of his glory. What is it there? So here I am today, 85 years old, just as strong as I was then. In another translation, it says not abated and he hadn't lost his vision. Friend, if you're writing yourself off because you're too old or too young, stop. Forget that. That's better. Then we see in Samuel, this is one of my favorites, obviously, because it was Hannah speaking. And she says, here I am a woman. And before she dedicates her son that she longed for, that she prayed for. And then she's given that beautiful baby Samuel. For this child I prayed. And the Lord has granted me what I've asked. And did she hold on to him? She dedicated him unto the Lord. And again with Samuel, he hears the voice of the Lord three times, doesn't he? He's not sure if the Lord's talking to him or if he's talking to Eli. But the third time he responds, here I am. Has the Lord been calling your name? Have you been responding? Maybe you've not known how to respond. As we see through these stories, there is a threat There is a theme of saying, here I am. The other day, I had the absolute privilege of talking about what God is doing here at Revival Fires when I went to London. And I just want to tell you a little bit about this. But the reason I've set you up with the here I am is because for many years and through many of my journals, if ever you come to my house, you'll notice there's just so many books. We're always trying to tidy them up, but they all mean different things. And I'm kind of really into writing little things. So that's why there's just so many. And I just can track my yeses to the Lord. And uh, I think about 25 years ago, is that how long we've known Sharon Stone? 20-ish years. So a prophet came to me and said, there is government on your life. I don't. I'm going to be honest, I hadn't seen that on my life. I was young. And I think I was probably a mom. No, I wasn't. We were only been parents 16 years. Um, so um, there was that element of, I don't know. Is it, are you really talking to me, Lord? Do you see the here I am? Do you see the question? Oh, I'm a bit young for it. Really, God? Anyway, in one of my books, I carry the prophetic words that have not yet been complete. I like to track those. Why? Yes, because I love planning. I also love ticking things. Whereas, uh, there's a few people in the church who also love this kind of planning and checking and highlighting. And it's not obsessive, I promise you that. And I've checked on it. It's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so what can a here I am followed by send me do? I'm going to read to you about Isaiah in a moment, but let me tell you my story. So I'd had a prophetic word about it. I'd, not, I'd really not known how to activate it. Uh, whenever my parents, friends had been around a table and people had talked about government or parliament, I'd, I, my ears had pricked up, but I'd never really truly known. We pray for, this isn't a political message. What I'm about to say is not political. <laughs> what I'm about to say is because the government is upon his shoulders, like we read in Isaiah, but first and foremost, when there's governmental positions, I'm not talking politics, okay? So what happened when I was down in the House of Lords is we were sat at a round table, um, 
and I was invited into this space. I thought to listen, but there was also a message that I was to bring and to carry. I felt there was very much an Esther anointing. Um, Esther 4.14 talks about for such a time as this, and if you don't speak up, if you don't use your voice, then a deliverer will rise up from another place. And so I was really conscious that I was to speak up, uh, you know, I'm a chatter, but I just wanted to say the right things. I didn't just want to be waffling and like using free language. I just really wanted to listen, to be attentive and to state those really important things. I've had a lot of training in this. I've learned to listen. So as we were there around this table, remember I've got in the back of my head, I've been in a coffee shop and it says, go to the one in front of you. I sit down and there's no one to my left or my right. And it's a really big table. And I just think, well, God, I'm here. I wonder who's going to move, what's going to happen. And they say, well, that person's not coming. And I'm like, I'm really ready for how the Lord is going to arrange this. And then um, some MPs come down and a baroness, who's also a minister, an ordained minister, comes down. And then we're, the table is full. There are church leaders. There's the head of the AOG movement who then talks about his 600 churches that he's got and the planting program uh, to see more churches in the UK. And then we've got the head of the Elam Ministries there. And at this point, I'm really aware that I have an equal seat at the table And I'm so thankful to the Lord for this. There was innovators. Actually, that's a testimony. For those of you who are feeling like, should I really show up? This is a testimony. You may not have known me six years ago. This is a testimony. Those of you who aren't afraid to show up, show up. (laughs) And we can minister into that as well. Don't be afraid to say yes. And don't be afraid to take the space that you are given. You deserve a seat at the table. Oh, I just wrote, say Westminster. Okay, I just keep going with this then. So I was sat at the table and there was researchers, there was innovators, there was people who um, are writing um, policy on how the Church of England which means all of all the churches, not just C of E, how churches can respond to mental health and well-being crisis in the nation. Isn't that a space? Yes, Liz, I see you. Isn't that a space that God has given to hear us here at Revival Fires and to the church of the UK? It was so exciting to listen to things like this. There's five billion pounds that the church is bringing to the UK in terms of social action, projects, worth, it's the, the wealth given. So it's not five billion in cash. It's five billion value that is brought into the UK. That is the work of the glorious body of Christ. We're an answer, church, to the hows, the whys, the innovations of what can take place next. And so sitting at that table, I began to share about you guys, about how your lives have been transformed by the glory of the Lord, about how inner healing has meant that now you can step into the space that God has for you. I began to share of how the Lord did healing signs and wonders in our history and how he's doing it again. I began to share about what the Lord is doing through us and in us as a body here in Dudley. I was so, so proud of you all. I was so, so blessed with what the Lord is doing. And they said, oh, do you have a massive team? I said, yes, we're quite a big team. And then they said, so how do you manage stage ministry? And I said, and this is just a beautiful thing. 
I said, everybody is working in their own stage. We want to equip them to be the very best on their Monday. <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I know some of you have just worked night shifts at the hospital. Where are you? I know you girls. I don't know if you're in already. But those of you who work your night shifts and then slip in right onto a Sunday morning and you tell us that you're really sorry you're late. <laughs> We want to equip you on the stage right in front of you. I'm stood here in front of people of influence. Where are my influencers at? Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Where are the influencers at? What is it that God has called you to do? Or a deliverer will rise up from another place. It's your time. The other day I was listening to Cindy Jacobs. Sorry, so much happened at that conference. I just don't want it to be like the Anna show. But anyway, it was just an honor. So I don't, <laughs> let me bring this to Jesus. I've, he asked me what I wanted to be. And I said, I want to be a signpost to Jesus. So you can see the signpost to Jesus here. I was listening to Cindy Jacobs' message about, um, and she's coming here on Monday the, 20, Monday the 26th of June. Please book, because I think, and I'm going to say this, I think we're going to need the overflow space. Please book, <laughs> because I think they might do something like uh, volunteers are allowed in first, so you can get to get your spaces. So please book. <laughs> it's big. It's already a big night, so you can do that on the website. You know how. I was listening to Cindy Jacobs' message. I woke up in the night a few days ago, and I was thinking, what? Why am I awake? What's happening? And then. Um, I clicked over to something someone had sent me. I love it when you guys send me prophetic words or good things to watch because we share those with our team as well. But I was listening to it and I, I just couldn't fall back to sleep. And I said, Lord, if this is a word for me, I'm just going to let this like play over me as I fall back to sleep. I did, which is a miracle. And I played it again the next day. And she was talking about being abandoned for Jesus to the core. We're not abandoned to another person's core. We don't say yes to another's call. The person next to you, no, that's their call. Let them do what God's asked of them. But for you to do the call that's on your life. Early, uh, just yesterday, Mom, we were sat in the garden and we said, oh, wow, isn't it amazing hearing the call on her life? Because obviously when I received the message, I said to her, I, just said, what? I said, Mom, listen to this. And she's like, wow, the call on her life is so great. And I was like, Mom, the call on your life is so great. The call on the person next to you. Ryan makes you do that. The call on your life is so great. Go on, tell them. Don't be afraid. The person next to you has got no one talking to them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You know it. So without fear of the outcome, it costs everything to say yes. I want to be honest with you. It costs everything. I'd be listening to that message, and uh, she, talks, she talked about how um, her and her husband would travel. I nearly didn't go to London, because my, pa- my children would have had no parents. And as you know, my... <laughs> Ryan was in Zim. Da, 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 da. So I nearly didn't go, and it was a really big fear thing for me. But God overcame. So I'm coming here humbly to say, bring your fears to the Lord this morning, too. You don't want to be sat with them in your handbag for much longer or your wallet or however. (laughs) Some guys don't even have wallets. Yeah, you don't want to sit with your fears for a day longer. So without fear of outcome, it costs everything, but you gain everything with your yes to the Lord. 
So with that for me, I was like, oh Lord, okay, I surrender. I surrender to the call to do the works of ministry every day. And that morning I surrendered and I dropped my children off at school and I dropped off their bags uh, at my mum's house. Thank you, mom. And I went on the train and I thought, this is good. God's got this. Like the children, there was no GCSEs on that day. There was no, no issues. Nothing was, everything was planned. <laughs> I got in um, to my hotel room. Everything had a great Wednesday night. Thursday morning, my phone rings and I see it's one of my children. I can't do this, Mom. Can you come home? I need you with me. Like, okay, of course I can. It's going to take me probably three hours. Can we make some plans in the meantime? We think and we remember there's a really wonderful teacher at one of the children's schools, and they're a Christian, and we managed to make a plan, and there's the whole, don't tell anybody, don't tell the teachers, don't tell them, don't tell them, don't tell them. But I'm like, but you can't carry on your day like this. We need to make a plan. What happened in that moment to me, because I'd surrendered to the call, yes, there was the difficulty. It's not easy having a call like that when you're about to go and speak or do anything. Get out of the hotel and try an underground or try a walk. So I just thought, you know what, God? I surrendered to you. So I trust Genesis 50. I've got a different Bible, so I can't flick to it as quickly. Whatever was meant for evil, God is turning it around for good. You like that. I like that. So whom shall I send? Who will go? It's costly. Don't hold anything back. I so often love, I see my handbag there. It's so often love to read the, this book by Brother Lawrence. It's an oldie but a goodie. I think I stole it off my dad's shelves, but I will return it one day. <laughs> Who will go? And he says, Lord, do what you want with me. He says, let him do what he pleases with me. He's talking to the Lord here when Brother Lawrence says it. I desire only him to be wholly devoted to him. So often we can think of what we want to do and be when we're in our teens and 20s. But 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 85s in this room, who do you want to do? Who, what do you want to be? What do you want to do when you grow up? Not in, not in age, not in like, oh, when you've grown up and you're matured, but what do you want to do? Are you doing the call of God in your life right now? I know there's been a couple of people who've got brand new jobs just this week. I've hoped they go, they've been uh, extraordinarily amazing. I've heard some good things from people around you. Um, but I just really encourage you to think about what you are planting your life for for the next few years because God is on the move. And when you say yes to him, you say yes to him wholly devoted, holding nothing back. Here I am or here I am not. You know, I just want to tell you a story of something that happened just last Sunday. I was in worship and I wrote down a prophetic word. We love the prophetic words here in Revival Fires. Maybe you get to bring them on a Sunday. If you don't, don't worry about it. Can you email them to us? Why? Because we track the prophetic word. That's something I learned from my parents, to track the prophetic word that the Lord is speaking. I know uh, one of our friends sent us an email from the January prayers and fasting that we are praying over each week. And we get to prophesy into these things, pray in these things on our 6 a.m. Zoom calls. Where's our prayers at? Wednesday Zoom prayers. There's a few of us. If you want to pray, yes, yes, I see. If you want to pray, you can join us on the Zoom at 6 on a Wednesday. It's just 6 till 6.30. Um, that's all on the website too. 
But what word came up that I was in worship just here with on last Sunday was this, and I need to read it to you because I believe that this has been at the, the heart of the here I am not, don't send me. And I want to speak to those of you who've got an element of that in your life um, here today. Because instead of being faith-filled, you've become doubt-filled. And you have really gone to the bank with your negative faith. Oh, you of little faith. You've not even got little, you've got negative faith. And you've got such a great ability for negative faith. And you've got such a great ability for the worst case scenario. But I just want to tell you that God is on the move. And he wants to take you of little faith. He wants to take you of negative faith. He wants to take you of doubtful instead of faith, sorry, doubt-filled instead of faith-filled. And he wants to take your here I am not into a here I am. So where is your faith, you of little faith? What happens when your negative faith isn't coming true? What happens to your negative disappointment? Bring it to the Lord this morning. He wants to take the doubt away. He wants to silence the enemy's voice that's been circling your head, wherever your thoughts are for you. He wants to take away those thoughts which have held you captive. He wants you to see from the spirit, not from the soul. He wants to see a perspective change in your life, which is a behavior change, which is a spiritual activation in your life. So you can live faith-filled, not fearful, and not doubtful. This was real for me when before we sent Ryan and Dad out to Zim. They were at a leaders' meeting, and they began to talk about some days they were going to have to encounter the Lord. And they also said that there were some big animals, not like dogs, which are big animals to me, but there was um, lions and... Mm, really bad for my animals. Crocodiles? That would be weird because they weren't in water. Hyenas? What did they say, Hannah? Hmm? Crocodiles. Okay. Hyenas. So I released him to ministry. I released... Oh, I have to tell you. Oh, elephants. Yeah, they've got big, big feet, don't they? Okay. So I released Ryan to ministry. I can't hold him back from the, the call of God. We've been married 19 years this summer. And just the other day, we celebrated our first date. We've been together 21 years. Isn't that a lovely long time? And I have to tell you, we love each other so much that it's really hard him being away. So we've done lots and lots of FaceTimes and the children miss him. But I did release him to the Lord. And, um, and so that's good because that means he'll come home to us. <laughs> 19 years of being together that's wonderful and you know what there's lots of yeses there marrieds I never felt like I was qualified to say anything to married people because I'd only been married a few years but now I'm on this side nearly 20 years married lots of yeses someone told me I've been married a year and I'm just learning how to serve my husband does it get easier I said my love it just gets more easy yes it does but you still have to choose to serve every day husbands and wives we're all serving here aren't we so keep loving well in your home keep loving well to the person who God has covenanted to you in marriage So I released him to ministry. Then I began to hear about the lions, the crocodiles, and the hyenas. Then I began to hear about the place they were staying was going to be a tent. And so I queried that. And I said, 
This is true, hey, Hada? Well, I said, like, a canvas tent, or is an African tent different? <laughs> then, for good measure, I said, with zips. I don't know why this... <laughs> yes, Anna, with zips. <laughs> it wasn't many weeks before that we'd heard some people boasting about their lion encounter stories and how they'd be mauled to death. So, I really... You can laugh, laugh about my fear because you know what? You can, because your fear might sound the same. Okay, I honestly, genuinely, please laugh at my fears because they are silly, but when they get you, they get you. A canvas tent with zips, of course, Anna. A canvas tent with zips. <laughs> they had been boasting of their line stories, so this hit my doubt-filled ending. My negative faith, I went to the bank on that. I was cashing out. Ryan, do you think you should like change your trip round? Well, it's already booked, we've prepaid. Is there Wi-Fi? No, there's no Wi-Fi. I think you should buy Wi-Fi. <laughs> Can we get tracking on your phone? Mm, do you hear what was happening? You can hear it because it happens to some more of us than me, hey? What was I afraid of? I was afraid he wouldn't come home. That was a question. One of my friends, I've got a lovely friend who I run with every few days, and she stood at the corner and I was about to say goodbye, and she went, before you go, what are you afraid of? And then she said, you need prayer for that. You know, I love it when people call me out on my fears. Those people who are really close to me who can call me out on those fears. Friends, that's why we've got Life Group, because the people really close to you can call out your fears. Did she say, what are you afraid of? So I could spend the next two and a half, I could probably live in it. You know, if you don't get free, you can live in your fear. So I chose that, that one day I was like swirling, you know, like feeling like you've got a washing machine going on. Nothing is, nothing's right. Sometimes we can live, I've learned to deal with it quickly because everybody else starts getting caught in the crossfire. I began to like get really overworked about like a really tiny document and my team were, were great to me, but it, it, you know, things just were coming up. <laughs> Do it quickly when the Lord puts a finger on those things. Here I am. Do you want to live in the doubt-filled or do you want to live in the faith-filled? So what did I do? I realized that God was highlighting fear in my life. So did I want to live under fear? Could I be ministering to you today in fear? No. Could I have gone to London and do those things? No. Could I have taken my children to school every day and like held things semi-together as best as a mom alone can do? No. But I have. Why? Because I received ministry that day. Our call to respond. I'd heard some people say that you didn't feel like going forward last week for the call because it was about being weary. Sorry, friend. I responded straight away because I didn't, I, in my heart, I respond to every call. Why? Because I'm not too anything to not receive another touch from the Lord. I clap you. I'm not too anything to receive another, another encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Every time there's an anointing time, I'm right here. Every time you can get laid on of hands, I'm here. Every time there's a healing call, I'm here. Every single time. And as leaders, that's what we want to do. Yes, we'll minister to you first, and then we'll come and receive ministry ourselves. Why? Because the Lord has an encounter for every single one of us. I'm not too big. 
you're not too great, you're not too proud, I tell you that, you're not too fear-filled that you can't move, probably about 50 steps. There is a response that the Lord is asking for. And I'm not saying this so that at the end of the meeting I say everyone came forward, because I know some of you, this might take longer than one message. But what I'm saying this for is so that you, as you begin to feel the knocking on the door of your heart, you know how to respond. And if you can respond in church, you can respond at home. You can respond wherever God has put you next to the one in front of you. Adam was shame-filled. And when Jesus asked him the question, where are you? He was hiding. He was hiding his shame. He was hiding... There was so much he was hiding, but I'm not going to go into that. But what we get to do is like Isaiah 6. In Isaiah 6, we see that Isaiah is responding to the call that the Lord has for his life. He says, I see the Lord, um, he's holy. The earth has been filled with his glory. He says things like, woe is me because I'm a man of unclean lips, but... My eyes have seen the king. At that point, the Lord took the coal, a burning live stone, it says. And that burning live stone touched his lips. No more guilt. He was purified. His sin was atoned for. He was forgiven. He could change direction. And instead of anything else, he says, here. I am, send me. Sorry, the Lord says, whom shall I send? Whom shall go? And I believe that's a question the Lord is asking today. Whom shall I send? Whom shall go? And Isaiah, as we say, said, here I am, send me. So your yes is a yes for you. We sing the song, Jesus, for my family. Yes, your yes is a yes for your family. It's for your generation. It's for the next generation. It's for the the third and the fourth generation. It's for the ones above, the ones below. It's for your church, your community, our church, our community, local, regional, national. And those of you who are called to mission, international as well. You know, from that one burning coal which touched one person, then in Ezekiel 10 we can see the coal that was scattered. And I know that scattering was for destruction, but the opposite of destruction is for creation. And I believe that there was this filling of hands. The seraphim put his hand into the burning wheel, took out the coals. This is a fresh revelation I got just the other morning brought the burning coals that were meant for scattering um, and bringing destruction. But I see that the Lord, high and lifted high, most glorified, he brought those coals to scatter over cities for recreation, according to what the Lord is doing. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and it was full of the radiance of the Lord, because God's hand was at work. What previously has been meant for destruction in your life, I believe that is the same, Genesis 50, Romans 8, 38. What was meant for evil, God is turning for good. So now for the why. Why am I compelling you to say, here I am, send me? Because in the sending, that's where the miracle happens. In Acts 8.8, you know that's one of my favorite verses. There was much joy in the city. I'd got so stuck on the joy that I hadn't seen what had happened right before it. Let me tell you. There was healings. 
There were signs. There was wonders. There was miracles. And I just have to tell you a story. When I was in London, a man came up to me. Anna, do I know you? I said, you might do. I didn't recognize his name. He was called Rob Bonner. You might know him. He said, I know your parents. I said, tell me how. I love this. Tell me how. He said, I used to come to your church. I said, what did God do? He said, there was a night. (laughs) There was a night in the outpouring in 2008 when God touched this man's wife. Her spine had been fused together. She lay on the floor and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit touched her life. And the hand of God came and did a divine miracle in her life. I said, what happened? She said she jumped up and she could walk. I said, Rob, did you tell us that story? He said, I forgot. I said, Rob, you've told me that story now. I can't wait to tell everybody. Even if you weren't here in 2008, the same power who is at work. (laughs) That same power. You know, last week we had a call for signs, wonders, and miracles. If you had an issue in your body that you wanted to be free from. And I asked someone, I said, how is it? How is it? And she says, I'm well. I'm, I said, are you healed? She says, in faith. I love faith. But when a miracle is happening, could you tell us? <laughs> Somebody else was telling me their story. And you know when you just hear the miracles that God has Done. Oh, this was another one. I know I'm running to half past, but give me a few minutes. I have to tell you this because you'll love it. They said there was a man who was so crippled, like entirely crippled upon himself and had crutches. He had aged so much because of this crippling disease. And they said he was over here somewhere. Why is it important at the front? I don't know, but this is where the testimonies are happening. Just saying. So this was happening. This man fell on the floor and they said they had to be the catchers. Tom, I think he's always gone. I think Tom was um, mentioned as well at this point. They had to be so careful with him. And they said, your stewards are so careful. And I was like, I know they are. And uh, then all of a sudden he got up and he said, he was 50 years younger. (laughs) Said he was straight. He stood up straight. This man stood up straight. There was no more sign of a crippling spirit on his life. He was healed. And all of his face wrinkles, he said, was healed. God can do that. I know. <laughs> no, honestly, if you're in need of a um, healing miracle, stand right now. In Acts 8.8, it says there was great joy in the city. What joy? There was healings, there was signs, wonders, and miracles. There was miraculous healing, body, soul, and spirit. What had been happening was that people who'd been demon-possessed, they'd lost their self-consciousness and became a demon, had identified with them and possessed them and oppressed them. Friend, is there something that's been controlling your life against your will that you cannot stop on your own? That is where the Spirit of God is moving with freedom. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.